0: is going on everybody welcome back to episode 13 of two dudes with sports news as always my name is garrett i'm here with my
1: co-host what to do what to do this is
0: jalen prince all right so we got to talk about a couple things um that we've kind of avoided a bit in the past today um but we're going to kind of try to space it out for you guys as best we can and you know we'll get into it from there as you know the first things first we are a sports news show to a degree you know we talk about the current updates talk about things that are going on And we try to give our most informed opinions that we can.
1: The main thing of this podcast is basically to share our opinions on sports news that has already happened. We will give sources, we would give credit and source um, to like to the sources that we use, whether it's ESPN, whether it's just articles that are there that are valid. We make sure that we check, we give credit, we give credit to that, and then we'll go ahead and give our opinions on other stuff.
0: Exactly. So uh, there's your warning. Let's jump on into it. Um, for starters, I want to give a big rest in peace to Bill Russell, one of the greatest to ever play the game. Um, talk about a guy who completely defined the league and defined, you know, just a outstanding person both on and off the court. Um, this is a huge loss for the entire NBA community and the Celtics fan base, just the world as a whole. Um, so we wish him and his family nothing but the best. But we did want to kind of jump into the show a little bit and start off on kind of a, try to honor him and talk about, you know, some of the greatest moments in his career and some of our favorite moments too. I know Jalen, I told you mine, you know, before we hopped on, I think my favorite moment of him actually came after his career. It was him at that award ceremony where he looked at Shaq and all the huge big men of the time. He kind of looked and he pointed and he counted each one. He basically said one, two, three, four. Okay. Yeah. I'd ball all your asses. <laughs> And he would, man. I mean, Bill Russell is, is just a god. He was gangster men. back. He, he was gangster back then, man. He, that's just how he was. No, I love it, man. I mean, I love the way I love the way he talked, the way he played the game, what he did off the court too. For those who may not know, one of the basically, I've got a list of the ten greatest moments of Bill Russell's career from a Clutch Point article that was posted later, uh, or on July 31st by Enzo Flojo or Flojo. I apologize if I mixed up your name. Or they broke down their opinions on some of the greatest moments of Bill Russell's career, one of which uh, having the finals MVP trophy named after him. Some people may not know that. They actually didn't have a finals MVP award until after Jerry West won it against Bill Russell Celtics in his final season. And Russell actually never got one himself. So he owns the NBA finals rebounding record with 29.5 rebounds per game in 1959.
1: And that would not be broken. God, no,
0: (laughs) absolutely not and was recognized by the league during the 2009 All-Star Game by having his name added to the finals MVP award, which he would later give it to Kobe in June of that same year.
1: All right, Think about this real quick. All right. You never received an award that everybody pretty much fights for when you, get in the, when you get the big trophy. He's like, you know what? I'm so bad. I'm so great that no matter who, no matter who gets that award or how many times you get it. They're always going to think of me. They're going to think of me. Yeah. My name is on it. It's my trophy. So it's yours, but my name's on it. All yeah. right.
0: I want that back when you're done with it. <laughs> um, again, going back to the rebounding, he averaged 20 rebounds per game in a season. During the 57 to 58 season, he averaged 20 rebounds per game for the first time. That year, while guiding the Celtics to the NBA's best record, he also received his first MVP award. So, just to talk about some of the accolades too, before we get too into that, Bill Russell is one of the most. Are you sure we got
1: time for that? (laughs) Are you sure we got (laughs) enough time for that?
0: We'll keep it brief. Just talking about his, you know, everything what he's done. He's a gold medalist. He won the uh, Olympic gold medal in '56. Received the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2011. Uh, He was the first African American, first African American player in the Basketball Hall of Fame. First player to reach 50 rebounds in a game. First five-time NBA MVP. Uh, He was the first African-American head coach in the NBA. And he has 11 NBA championships. 11. He only played for 13 years. You want to talk about consistently being the best at what you do. It's just incredible. I mean, again, you're right. I don't know if we have time to get into all of his accolades, but he is a multi-year MVP. I think it was five, correct? Yeah, I think it was around five. About five, yeah, five MVPs, eleven NBA championships, and uh, again, we don't have time to get into all of it. But I mean, he's just a absolute legend, both on and off the court, and he'll absolutely be missed.
1: If you're going to talk about Bill Russell, you, you can't just talk about on the court. You got to mention off. Absolutely, and me being a black man, him, and I'm gonna try to get this correct. Him, Malcolm X. Guys like that, and I really do apologize for, for forgetting a whole, lot of, a whole lot of other names, uh, but he was in an era where racism was heavy. And again, we are a sports news show. We don't get in a whole lot of politics. We're not here to push no pop, um, political agenda, none of that. But, Bill Russell, you think about just how we talk and compare about, oh, who, oh, like LeBron James or uh, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, uh, Tom Brady being some of the most disrespected superstars or Hall of Famers of all time. I'd be looking at guys like Bill Russell and people from that era. I'm like, uh, y'all do know we played, right? And and I get it. We're in a social media era. LeBron, Tom Brady, Westbrook, whoever you want to name that's playing right now that's played in the social media era. They went through that. I can't imagine of the guy that I am or the people that they are, and I can't speak for other people that had to go through what, Bill, what guys like Bill Russell had to go through to be in a city like Boston, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, at that time to overcome and fight through that level of adversity in one of the like America's worst periods of time in a in a certain like in a certain way. To do all that, continue to win as much as he has won in his life, in his profession, and when he's off the court, got to deal with so got to deal with so much more worse things than anybody could ever imagine. I will never forget the story about somebody that broke uh, like about somebody broke into the man's house. First of all, as a man, your your home your home is your castle. Somebody breaks into your castle. Breaks up all your stuff, your trophies, right on your wall, and then take a dump on your bed, the place where you sleep in your house. Sometimes I, and sometimes I even wonder, like, what would life be like in, the, in, them, in them days where social, if social media was around that time? I think it would be worse than what it is now. So you think about all the level of adversity that Bill Russell went through during that era. And for him to have lived as long as he has, and not only lived, he didn't look like he was sick. He looked like he was in great shape. But when God calls you home, it's time to go. And the report said he died peacefully. Mm -hmm. So I just think about a lot of things that he did off the court, what he's done for the black community, what he's done for a lot of cities in need, like during the times of the Martin Luther King era, I, I think ab- I think about stuff like that. My mother is a history is a like is a is a history teacher. She would tell she would t- you know like she would tell me about stuff that happened in that past. And Bill Russell was around that time, so he's lived a he's lived a long, wondrous life, and he's fought through so much. And my grandfather always tell me, at the end of the day, when God calls you home, God's gonna look at you and say, "Well done." And that's exactly what he's what he did for Bill Russell when when the time came. So again, thoughts and prayers go out to the family, but I'm not I'm not even sad. I'm just I'm so appreciative for what that man has done in like done not just for the game of basketball, but what he's done for the world.
0: But yeah, I mean I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying when you know you're grateful for what he did to the world and I am sad to see him go, but the he left on not only the game, but the world will be here forever. So like you said, you know, we give our best to the family and the friends and we, you know, hope that they get through this. Um, But let's take it to a bit of a lighter note. Let's keep it basketball for a little bit. Let's talk about the Drew league and the summer league and get a couple updates through that. So I did see the Atlanta big three have a nice little triple oop during the Drew league, which was nice. Um, you don't see that too often, but it seems like they're meshing pretty well. How, have you? I think have you been paying close attention to this? Than I have.
1: I've actually watched a lot, a lot of live streams of summer league action. Um, of course, LeBron James participated in the Drew League about a couple of weeks ago, and their views and their attendance broke records on records. Just, um, just for what he's done, you're seeing guys like that. Also, he played with DeMar DeRozan. You're seeing other guys like that. We've always seen the Drew League and some NBA like NBA players participate in that. But I think we're starting to see more. I think this is going to be another new thing. We're starting to see a lot of healthy NBA players participate in summer leagues like that and um, newly newly acquired Hawk uh, DeJounte Murray. He actually um, put this on his Instagram stories where he said um, basically telling NBA players to come out to these summer leagues to advertise and market themselves have people that can't afford or are not able to see you play come out and perform if you love hooping like that challenging them and calling them out and i think that's a, and i think that's a good thing this is good for not not only for uh single players um marketability and for its brand but it's good for the game of basketball and it's good for the people that are not able to go into nba arenas to actually see them in person, and to see Trey Young, Dejounte, and John, the, and Trey and John actually competed in the Drew League about a couple of weeks ago as well. Yeah, to see them in the pro am with Dejounte to be able to get some chemistry, to be able to play against other people besides their own, their own teammates, albeit they are amateurs and not in the NBA, but just to be able to compete and put on a show for a lot of these people, it's very, it's very good for the game of basketball and as well as just. Showing the the world how how popular basketball really is in our country.
0: It, it's a good way to tune up too and stay in shape. I mean, it's you go against the same guys day in and day out. You learn their tendencies. This is a way to a like you said, grow the game of basketball, grow your brand as both a player and you know a person. Get out there and show people some NBA talent that wouldn't normally get the chance to see it outside of you know in the bar, the restaurant, behind the TV screen in the living room. And really just show out and kind of be a part of that community. It's also a great way to, like I was saying, kind of see a different side of things. Yeah, a lot of these guys are going to be amateurs. Some of them are going to be former pros. Some of them are going to be, you know, some street ballers um, and who were playing in the Drew League and it's a, or any other pro am type of thing. And it's a way to a, get them a little bit of exposure. But it's also a way to go against a different level of competition, go against that guy who's a different mindset, who may have a move you wouldn't normally see. And it just I feel like it just makes you a better player as a whole. So I i, I think it's fantastic. I like that DeJounte is calling people out, and I'm, I'm interested to see how this continues to grow and this movement keeps happening. I want to see it be even better next offseason. I think this could be a really, really, really good way to grow the game. But let's keep it with a – Keep it light still. And let's go into some MLB trade deadlines. So I didn't pay too much attention to this, honestly. Um, I did see that uh, Red Sox player got traded during batting practice, which is interesting. And there's also some big news uh, regarding the Padres, but I'll let you take this one.
1: The, yeah. So basically what, you were, um, basically what he was saying is that Jeff Passan, um, ESPN uh, MLB insider, he tweeted out early that Juan Soto has just signed with – The San Diego Padres, him along with uh, first with former Nationals first baseman Josh Bell would all be going to the Padres. So the Padres were very active. This a trade deadline as it is today, that was not only just a few big moves that happened today as well. Uh, No uh, former Los Angeles Angels uh, pitcher Noah Syndergaard, basically formerly known as Thor. He just got picked up by he just got uh, traded towards the Philadelphia on um, the Philadelphia Phillies. Um Harrison Bader, center fielder, just got picked up by the Yankees. Uh my Braves just picked up Russell and from the Angels. Uh Joey Gallo just got picked up by the Dot. It just got traded for the to the Dodgers. Yep, those are those are pretty much been all the big moves, like the big, big moves that have happened. Oh, and of course, oh, and a couple of days ago, Trey Trey Mancini uh, got traded to the Houston Astros. So, those have been all the big moves that have happened lately. The thing that surprised me the most is not even Juan Soto going to the Padres, and the Padres are loaded, but uh, and they're going to make a run right now. They got the second wild card spot in the NL. Uh, The Braves are six games up above them for the first part of the wild card spot. And the Braves are three and a half games behind the Mets in the NL East. And the Padres are 10 games behind the Dodgers in the NL West. So they're hoping that this, this can help them make some run and make some run. Um, with only about a few, only with uh two, 25, less than twenty-five games left for both teams before the playoffs start, and then we get some October baseball. But overall, uh to me, the Padres won the trade deadline, but the biggest surprise for me had to be Joey Gallo uh, towards the Dodgers. I That one was quiet. I didn't see a lot of reports on that until I looked it up. So, you know, kudos. I'm like, good for Joey Gallo. Even though he hasn't been what he's been and what you know, like, the the Yankees have, was been, have been hoping for, but New York fan bases are very tough and very, like, they're stingy and they're greedy. So, if you're not performing, they will let you have it. So. They're witty about it too. They'll let you know. yeah, so overall, that's that's the uh, the baseball news that we got.
0: yeah, and I mean, I thought it was weird that the Red sox it it, it kind of I love my Red Sox. I always will, but it kind of rubbed me the wrong way that we traded Vasquez during batting practice to the team we were playing. um, and we didn't get I think we got a Bre area um we got two prospects out of it. so I mean, I mean, it's interesting, but at least Vasquez is now going to a team that has a decent shot of the playoffs this year. I mean, I wish you nothing but the best of luck, man. Uh, Hope it works out for you. And I'm sorry that it happened the way it did. Um, But let's jump into something that we might have touched on a little bit earlier uh, in the year. I want to talk about the Dolphins. And... Kind of this whole Brian Flores tampering, tanking sort of situation that he sort of uncovered. Kinda of, the verdict came out today, which is an oddly timing thing, but I'll get into uh, that later.
1: Brian, Brian Flores' issue was just like the whole like slick and slick back racism, um, as far as like the hiring process with head coaching or head coaching positions. Now the whole like not the whole like um lawsuit about that. Now everything that's coming out now with the dolphins about like tampering and stuff. That's just a side bonus, but the real intention of the lawsuit would be able to like crack down on the whole hiring process. But that's only to me. if I if I'm wrong, you know I'm wrong.
0: But yeah, part of the lawsuit was it, it was about the tampering. It was about a lot of things, but what they really did is they opened up the organization, and they were talking about you know just all the issues within it, and they actually brought up a bunch of they unearthed a lot of tampering. Now I'm not thrilled with the verdict. It, it's a wild verdict. But the timing is interesting to me, Uh, but again, we'll get into that later. So basically what ended up happening was the Dolphins uh, have been investigated for the past six months. Once again, this was done by former federal judge Sue Robinson in this new sort of, I guess, investigating process and legislative process that the league is doing. This is the second time this has been used. Um, They have announced the findings of tampering and tanking case against the Dolphins and were hit with a pretty hefty punishment. So they will forfeit the club's first-round selections in 2023 and a third-round or selection of the 2024 draft. Mr. Ross, who is the owner, suspended through October 17th, 2022. During this period, he may not be present at the Dolphins facility and may not represent the club at any team or NFL event. He may not attend any league meeting prior to the annual meeting in 2023 uh, and is removed from all league committees indefinitely and fined $1.5 million, which is a hefty fine but for a man who has a net worth of over eight billion a drop in the bucket in the grand scheme of things Mr. Bruce Beal the Dolphins vice chairman and limited partner may not attend any league meeting for the remainder of the 2022 season and is fined half a million Um, basically they were found guilty of tampering with Tom Brady back in 2019 and Sean Payton with trying to contact them outside of the league rules Uh, sorry uh, impermissible communications is the term that they were given brady and sean payton at this point are not going to be uh punished in any way shape or form because i don't think they instigated it but it's pretty interesting so i mean what do you think about
1: the verdict as far as with the dolphins yeah i mean there's only so much you can't do as far as the owners because like like every owner got so much power with the league so how much can you really punish them per se but with the one like like we talked about this earlier uh the 150 and the 1.5 million dollar um fine Ross gets suspended but the like the draft pick the draft picks that Miami lost I mean you break a rule you gotta and you gotta have consequences well the way this world works you break a rule you got to deal with the consequences unless you're a billionaire or a trillionaire you got connections you'd be able to get away from it If you ain't got all that and nobody agrees to healthy, you got to deal with the consequences. That's just how this world works. So I think it was right. Other than that, I really don't care.
0: Fair enough. Well, let's keep it with football. Um, Let's talk about Debo Samuel. First, I want to admit I was wrong earlier this year. I said I don't think he'd resign. I didn't think he'd resign with San Francisco at least, and he did. So he signed a three-year deal worth up to $73.5 million, and he's under contract through 2025. Uh, a good chunk of that's guaranteed. A decent signing bonus. Um, it'll be. I'm, I'm happy for Debo. Apparently, there's a rushing clause in the contract. I don't know exactly what it is, and I don't want to speak too much on it because I don't know enough about it. But this is pretty interesting. Uh, it, it's nice to see him back in San Francisco. I know he's going to be the focal point going forward with Trey Lance as well as Brandon Hayuk. And it's going to be a really fun team to watch this year. What do you think about the contract, man?
1: It fit. It was a win-win for the uh, the Niners organization. Reminder: I am a Seahawks fan, so like, I like. I don't like the Niners, but I do. I do love me some Debo. Just on like how his whole makeup is, as far as like where he come from, how he plays the game, just, and just I love the way he runs the ball. So like, it was a good contract. He needed to get paid. The dude earned his money every bit of it. the way like kyle shanahan's able to use them now my only question is is debo still going to be complaining about like you know his role of the team because i thought like you get as much you get more touches than almost anybody else you get about the same amount of touches as a quarterback does per snap so i'm thinking like are you still gonna be mad that you're not in like you're gonna be utilized like that because it got you to the nfc championship game so I'm I'm gonna be looking to see that. Um, I'm looking to see how him and Trey Lance are gonna mesh. They've had a couple of good plays last season when Trey did get his opportunity. I remember Trey connected with um, Debo for a 70-plus yard touchdown against my Seahawks. And I'm just interested to see how like those two are gonna connect along with IU. So it was good. Like it was good that the deal got done. Now the Niners to just focus on just everything else with their team.
0: I think the biggest issue with Debo and his contract was he was drafted as a wide receiver and he wanted to play as a wide receiver. Running backs don't normally have a long career in the league. So I thought this was more from a longevity standpoint, how he wanted to be more utilized as a wide receiver. So I think that'll be fun to watch him as being a true wide receiver going forward. But I also know you're going to mix and match with him in there too. I
1: I mean, the way that Kyle Shanahan runs his offense is a run heavy scheme. So I get what you're saying on that, but let's let's look at cordell patterson shall we because at one point early in his career he was one of the most highly rated uh fantasy play, uh, fantasy receivers in the league yeah and now he's utilized all over the place from wide receiver to slot to halfback to uh heck, tight end if you got a certain package for him the return guy he's a utility guy and the fantasy numbers are going to be there for and there for him so and not to mention cordell's he's up there in years Look, the way I look at it, when you got, when you got coaches that are that strategic, they're going to find ways to be able to use you, use you on the field and find ways to take care of you off the field. And I feel like Kyle Shannon is going to be able to do that. So, But he that's will.
0: just me. No, he will, and I, I, I see your point. I mean, at the end of the day, you want to put the ball in the hands of the guy who gives you the best possibility of winning. You want the ball in the hands of your playmakers. And if Debo Samuel is anything, he's a playmaker. He's electric with the football, and it's super fun to watch him play. Well, speaking to people who's fun to play and are really electric to watch, uh, Kyler Murray. So a little bit of a contract update on Kyler Murray. Uh, they recently removed the film clause in his contract uh, that I probably went into way too much detail with last week, so I apologize for my rant. They said that they took it out due to the fact that it created a distraction. I'm going to call BS on that. <laughs> I This is just ridiculous. This whole thing is ridiculous. To me, I don't think uh, they were thinking Kyler watched enough film. Kyler apparently came out and said that the idea that he doesn't watch film was ridiculous. He probably said some other stuff. I'm just breaking that down into bits and pieces. Um, And then they took it out. I think it's dumb. I think they should have stood their ground. Um, But that's a whole other conversation. What do you think about this whole film change thing?
1: My only thing is did. I mean, was it a distraction? P- could be. You can make a case for it. But but what is the lead? I would have I would have left it. I would have left it. Yeah. My, my only thing is if I would have left it in the contract, but I wouldn't have made it so public. Right. I wouldn't have made it public. That, I think that was the big thing that made it a distraction. It wasn't the fact that the clause was in there. It was the fact that somebody emphasized the clause. Somebody, like, pointed it out, and then everybody else was going to take, uh, take it uh, and run with it. So the fact that the clause was in there, that should have been more like a private discussion if it was able to be a private discussion. Once it became public, then it became another issue. So I guess to a degree, they said they take it out. I think it's still in there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it should still be in there. I found his uh, a big snippet from his four-minute statement on it. Uh, Kyler Murray in an interview said, quote, to think I can accomplish everything that I've accomplished in my career and not be a student of the game and not have that passion and not take this seriously, it's almost, it's disrespectful, and it's almost a joke. I'm flattered. I'm honestly flattered that y'all think at my size, I can go out there and not prepare for the game and not take it serious. Okay, and that's end quote. No one ever said that he couldn't, that he didn't take the game serious and that he didn't prepare. The whole I feel like the whole point of that clause was to make sure, that like, help him take that extra step. Everybody prepares, everybody watches film, everybody takes it seriously, especially when you've been in the league for multiple years. The guys who don't take it seriously are gone after year one or two. If that.
1: So not I, to mention your franchise quarterback. Yeah, you're, you're a franchise been, quarterback. been obviously. in the league for I think he's been in the league. Let's see. He's been in the league for more than three years.
0: Yeah. No one ever took no one ever said you didn't take this seriously, man. Like everybody just thought that, okay, maybe this is to help you take that extra step and to you know, make sure you are continuing to grow. Because obviously it, it's not saying that you don't take it seriously and that you're not prepared. But like we talked about too, you have these guys who took it to a different level, not just in football and sports as a whole. Exactly. You've got guys like Kobe, like Prime. You've got guys like LeBron, Jordan, all these men. I'm sure there's baseball and hockey players and golfers and everything who take the, every sport. The guys who make it to the top and are the – best at what they do and are the greatest of their position, the the goats of their position and their sport are the guys who took it to that different level, who did more than just the, the daily film study or the weekly film study who went home, who had their own tapes and their own DVDs and everything, you know, made for them so they can watch it and just take that extra step. They have their own film studies that they do on their own where they, you know, help themselves get better. So nobody thought that you didn't take it seriously. And if they did, I agree that is just, or that is disrespectful and it is a joke and they don't know enough about team sports to make that comment. If they think you didn't take it seriously, it's the fact that I feel like the franchise wanted you to take that extra step, wanted you to be one of the best quarterbacks to ever play this game and thought that this was a way that they could help you and cement you as one of the best ever do it. So I'm honestly, I'm with the Cardinals on this. Um, and I, I love Kyler Murray. I love Kyler Murray. He's a fun. He's a super fun dude to watch play. He's incredibly talented. I love the personality. I just think that a this was kind of a bad take. I understand why he said it. Um, I just wouldn't. You know, I, I think he took it too personally, and I think some of the pressure got to him, and it did. It, it did. I guess create that distraction where he couldn't focus on it, so they took it out. But I just, I, I think it was a whole. What's y'all saying? Make a mountain out of a molehill.
1: I don't think we had molehills. I don't even think we had moles or molehills in like in Georgia. We probably do, but I ain't never seen <laughs>
0: one. You're making a whole deal out of something that shouldn't have been made that big a deal. And and true. All these contracts are public, so you can find it and dig food if you want to. But that, again, I'm not going to get on another contract grant. We don't need two of those for me in back to back weeks.
1: No, we so. don't.
0: <laughs> well, let's keep it with quarterbacks. Um, let's get into one of the heavier segments again. Deshaun Watson's uh, judgment finally came down. Uh, the same person who did it, uh, Judge Roberts, came down and her verdict said that Deshaun Watson would be uh, suspended for six games. Now, if you want to talk about a joke, uh, there it is. I think that or the the rule the judgment was based on four cases. One was thrown out of the. I think it was twenty four reported cases of sexual misconduct. 20 of which were settled out of court and judge roberts based her verdict on that now again are you kidding me if you want to look at people who have precedents in this case you can look at uh, ben roethlisberger who had two counts against him who was suspended for i believe it was six games and it was later reduced to four so two versus uh 24 is pretty substantial You have people who are, uh, who commit domestic violence towards their even others or partners or even their children who are suspended for less games than this and are reinstated. It's absolutely, Plaxico Burris was suspended four games for shooting himself in the leg. We can, I'm going to go down this list because I have plenty of people who were suspended for more or less and it's completely ridiculous. Terrell Pryor was suspended for five games for getting free tattoos in college. Five games for free tattoos. Calvin Ridley, 17 games for betting on his own team for a game he wasn't even playing in. Vontaze Berfic, 12 games for targeting. DeAndre Hopkins, six games for traces of PEDs. Martavis Bryant, indefinite for weed. Josh Gordon, over 25 games for weed. Darren Waller, 16 games for substance abuse. Um, Darius Geis, suspended six games for domestic violence. Antonio Brown, eight games. Multiple violations of personal conduct. Kareem Hunt, eight games for an assault called on video. Jaron Reed, six games for accusations. Richie Incognito, disorderly conduct for two games. Michael Kendricks, eight games for insider trading. Pretty sure that's a federal crime, and you only get eight games. We could be here all day going over this. Uh, ZQL at six games for domestic violence. Josh Brown, six games domestic violence. Pac-Man Jones, don't even get me started. Greg Hardy, 10 games for domestic violence. Absolutely ridiculous. This This is a joke of a punishment, and I am just jaw on the floor with that being passed down. All right, <laughs> all
1: right. Let me add it. Yeah, go for it. Two things I wanted. Two things. Tag in, do. Let's go. Uh, I'm gonna do the Deshaun, Deshaun, Watson case, and then I'm gonna talk about the NFL and the results. But first, before I do that, let me ask you this: What would you have given Deshaun Watson? What was the punishment you would give? I just want to know. A year or more. I mean, this is one of those things where
0: y- you have a predator in the
1: league. I, a year at okay. least. You said okay. You said a year. All right. Let me ask you this. Because to me, I don't know if he did it or not. Did he do it or not?
0: I feel like you basically, you settled out of court with 20 of them. When there's smoke, there's fire. You have tw- no, 20. No,
1: and here's the thing. <laughs> now, that yeah, I don't 20. agree with. Sometimes people say, when well, there's smoke, there's fire. No, sometimes there's a smoke bomb. Sometimes there's somebody that is, like, that is not cooking the food right in the smoke. You might not see fire but you can see the smoke.
0: There's also proof of the Texans actually facilitating this.
1: I can see smoke out of vaping off of a pen. We in 2022. It ain't, just, it ain't just fire that's the only one that's making smoke. I
0: 100% think he's guilty. He settled out of court with 20 okay. different people.
1: That's all I want to know.
0: I know you good. I, I 100% think he's From guilty. He settled me, out of court with 20 different people, and the Texans also facilitated it, and there is okay. proof for that.
1: To me, I don't know. And I'm not being oblivious. I'm not, be. I'm not ignoring the situation. This is a, this is one, a serious situation. I don't know the full details. I'm going off base what other people have reported based on what I've heard, whether it's off a of TV, whether it's off a of legit stuff and based off of other people's opinion. I don't know. But after the stuff that judge Sue Roberts has reported and how she based off everything, first of all, I'm not in the law, but one thing I do do know about law, judges and people like that cannot make decisions based off of public opinion. They can't do it. There's a system there. Is it broke? Possibly, but that's that's a discussion for another day. She based her decision off the stuff that Deshaun Watson and the NFL and these women have given her. She based it off of that. So, whatever Deshaun, his people, the NFL, their people, and the women, their people, whatever they gave to her, and she came out with that, all right, got to go ahead off that. The six games, he had to be punished regardless. Do I think it should be extended? I don't know. But six, all right, cool. That's my whole take on this because this is so sensitive. Whether he did it or not, if he did it, he got to be punished for it, and you can't do that. Not to mention to because to me when this first came out I'm thinking that he ain't do it because I seen his girlfriend. I'm like, "Bro, what the heck are you complaining about?" But that was my initial reaction when it first came out. But the more this stuff started to linger, I'm gonna say the first week when I heard this come out, I'm thinking, "Bro, this can't be real because I've, again, I've seen his girlfriend. What the heck you got? What the heck you got to mess around for?" That's one. The second week, I'm thinking, he's doing this to get out of Houston because we know how James Harden had to go another route to be able to find a way to get out of Houston because I always thought Houston was just that bad. That's what I, that was the other goal. But when it hit the third week and the fourth and the fifth and the month and the month and the month, I'm saying like, all right, something happened. Something had to happen. But if we don't have the full on facts, whether somebody pays somebody or not, if we don't have the full on facts and the judge didn't already call it, I can't go ahead. I can't. I can't cross. It. I'm not the judge, jury, executioner. Most of us are not. Now, in the court of public opinion—that's a different beast—and you're not going to change that mind. His reputation, now his reputation—that's in shambles. That's in shambles, and he's not going to be able to get that back. But to me, I don't know whether he did it or not. That's the only thing that goes with me. The punishment is the punishment. It, it 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 is what it is at that point, but as far as like with him, his reputation is already in shambles. Most people think it's st- uh, still slapping the face to women everywhere, and then like you, and then you're looking at uh, then you like a lot of people are going to question the system. First of all, this ain't one of the things I'm going to question system on. There's a lot of things I'm going to question the system on, but other than that, it is what it is as far as with the Sean Watson. Dude got his money for his talent on the uh, on the NFL and he's going to suffer the punishment that he's going to have to suffer. Bottom so line on that point, that's Deshaun N- Watson.
0: So the NFL actually has three days, well, now two days, to actually appeal this decision, and then it will go straight to Goodell, where he can overrule this decision. This was the first time, because we mentioned earlier in the show, Judge Roberts, this is the first time that we've ever in the NFL, I say we like I'm a part of it, the NFL has ever used a this form of judicial sort of, I guess, review would be the way to look at it. I don't think this should have been the first time that this should not have been the first case to use this on in the slightest. It's going to be interesting to see how the system continues to play out. But Goodell and the NFL do have a now two-day window to say, nah, I don't like that, and appeal this decision. And then it will go to Goodell. Do they do that? We'll have to see. I'm not happy with the verdict. I think it's a punishment. Is It is what it is. I have no control over it. But, yeah, I think it's a slap in the face. It's absolutely a joke. Um, but I'll let you jump in your point because I, with the NFL, I know we talked about this earlier this week, and I'll let you go in on that because I think there's some very valid points you are making with why the NFL ruled the way they did.
1: All right. Not going towards the NFL. People on Twitter, people saying a lot. Oh, and they've been saying this for years, not just on this case. They've been saying this on a lot. Oh, the NFL is a joke. Oh, how is it Deshaun Watson is getting six games, but Calvin really's getting a whole year? How is it that like Josh Gordon has been suspended? They just want to hold a man down. They just want to do this. They just want to do that. The NFL's a joke. Okay. My question, and this is rhetorical. When is the NFL anything as far as punishment goes has ever been not a joke? Have they ever given us any type of signs that they take uh, that? They take this really seriously or it's actually made sense. Is that the NFL has not given us a reason to go ahead, take them seriously when it comes to certain punishments. And that is where I look at the NFL and life being the same on how the government works. But we're not going to get into that. I'm going to stay on like this. Here's how the NFL works. And I wish people understand this. When it comes to punishments on how they handle their things, a lot of things don't make sense. So, Deshaun Watson gets six games. I'll go even deeper. Greg Hardy gets suspended for a few times, still allowed to come back. Uh, there was an offensive lineman from the Seattle Seahawks, beat up his wife. Yep. for mental health. But we, don't, but we don't even know. No ban, no ban, no suspension. We've been seeing, a Ben Roethlisberger, his issue. We seeing a trend like this. Here's when it gets serious. This is the line that the NFL, and me and Garrett talked about this a while ago. This is the line that the NFL has drawn. The NFL owners have drawn. There are four things you can't do that will get you a big suspension, a huge amount of fines, and possibly banned from the NFL. We're gonna start with number one. Number one, you can't kill nobody. No murder. You can do whatever you want. You can beat up whoever you want. If you get arrested and get out, you get press charges. You can still, keep, you can still get another job in the NFL if you're that talented. But did they die? If they did not die, you could stay back in the NFL because the NFL is a private industry. They're still making, a, they're still making decisions on that. But now a lot of the decisions are gonna be based off of off the field stuff. So we've seen a lot of people get arrested for anything, and they'll still be able to get out. But guys like Henry Ruggs or whoever in the past that was a former NFL player that have committed some, a type of murder, they're done. So murder's number one. Number two, you can't do weed. The NFL's always been consistent with the, with the whole, with the whole PED, um, PED policy, especially weed. The NFL has been consistent with weed for years. Does it make it right? No. There's a lot of things in the government and life and people in society and uh, this people society authority do a lot of things that they do make stuff right. No, but is it their policy? Yes. So that's that. They've been consistent with we. you do. it, You're going to get the longest disp- uh, like suspension. It don't make no sense. It don't make it right. But that's what they've been doing. They've been consistent with it. That's two. Here's three. You can't say nothing to offend a multitude of owners. You can't do it, and get away with it. You can't. You can't do that or cost the money. Ask John Gruden. He said some stuff about owners. Not only is he banned from the NFL, he's banned so bad that they uh, they they are trying to delete the history that John Gruden had in the NFL. And I don't knock that at all. So you so they got a law. They got a line drawn. Against you saying anything that would offend the owners. You could you can offend you can offend another community, but don't offend the owners, the people that sign your checks. Now, people say the NFL is about publicity. They are. But they're not afraid to go ahead and take their shots when need to be. Because at the end of the day, they're still gonna make money. Bottom line. The owners are still gonna get their money. Bottom line. So that's that. The fourth thing. The fourth thing is you cannot get money that the NFL ain't gonna get. If you receive any type of money, that most likely you can't cheat the game. You can't like jeopardize the integrity of the game. The integrity of the game, not the integrity of the owners, not the integrity of the NFL, but the integrity of the game of football. You can't do Calvin really getting a year suspension is one of two things. One, the integrity of the game because that also gives the perception that you was, that you was jeopardizing the integrity of the game. Whether he did it or try not saying that he was trying to throw games. I would never accuse him of that. But the perception is possibly there. Some people can make a case about that, especially when it got out. So, when you got that when you got that situation, that's one. The whole betting on the games, that's a big no. And I completely understand that. But that ain't the reason why he got the year suspension. That's the reason he got suspended. Why it's a year? You tried to get money. And And the owners wasn't getting that. The NFL wasn't getting that. That's the reason it was a year. Now, that's my opinion. I feel like saying, like, who the heck do you think? I think them owners was like, who the heck do you think you are? you trying to get mo- you trying to get money off the game when you jeopardize the integrity of the game but you trying to get money and we don't get our cut I bet you if the owners I bet you he bet on them games and he has some of the owners to be able to get on some of it it wouldn't have been a year it'll be half a year but it wouldn't have been a year we may not have even found out about it we might not even found out about it but those are the four things those are the four lines that the NFL got. This, is always, this has been there. They've been consistent with this. Can't commit murder. Can't jeopardize the integrity of the game. You can't have weed. And you can't offend the owners. You can do whatever you want in the NFL. And there's a good chance you could come back and keep this job. And there's a good chance you could get rewarded for doing wrong. We've seen that. But as long as you don't do them for, you good. All jokes aside. You good. We don't seen it happen. That's how the NFL, that's how, that's, that's been the reputation of the NFL. And people still get mad about that. I understand why you get mad, but they've been consistent with it. That's why I'm like, that don't surprise me.
0: I feel like that's where the problem is though. Like,
1: it's a problem, but who gonna fix it? I mean, dog, a wise man once said, you're not gonna tell a millionaire what to do with his money. You're not gonna tell a big, you're not gonna tell a rich dude how to spend his money. It's like trying to get these owners to convince, it's trying to convince these owners to be able to hire a black dude to be the, like, to be the face of your franchise. Until you, until the owner steps down control of a franchise and other people step in, it's going to be like it is. Because, dog, I can't remember when an owner ever, like, just get fired because the commissioner can't fire him because he worked for the owners. What you going to do?
0: Yeah, the owner's only way out is to sell the team. I mean, I've, I'm with you. I've never heard of an owner getting fired.
1: What you gonna do? You're just blowing the wind.
0: We might with Dan Snyder. We'll see. If that's he a whole gets other story gonna, for another he, day. If
1: Dan Snyder get the, the the only way I can see it, he got to get in some like real type, real big time legal trouble.
0: He might, but that's another story for another. That's day. That's another
1: story for another day. But outside of that, you're not gonna tell. You're not gonna tell. A, you're not gonna tell a rich man how to spell how to spend his money. No, it's it's you can't messed do those, up. you can't do you cannot commit those four things I just mentioned murder, offending off uh, on um, murder, weed, offending on uh, offending owners and jeopardizing the integrity of the game. You can't do that for uh, like and be able to like survive and stay in the NFL because they're a private entity. Outside of that, you're good. So the Deshaun Watson, I'm like, did he kill anybody? No. Did he offend anybody? Did he offend any of the elders? No, because if he did, he wouldn't got in the contract. Did he involve himself with weed? No. And did he jeopardize the integrity of the game? No. Then after that, you gotta you gotta let it be what it be.
0: It's grandstanding at that point, and that's that's where it is. should. They've been
1: consistent. Body. It doesn't make it right. Is there a problem? Yes. Is the system broken? Yes. But again, that's another story for another day. And until you get people in to fix it, you just really wait. You really just wasting breath at this point. But that's just my whole attitude. I already know what the NFL is. I'm still gonna watch it either way. Still gonna get up on Sunday, head to Buffalo Wild Wings, watch me, watch the games, go about my business. That's how we do. We move on.
0: Well, let's talk about games. And uh, I don't know if you saw it. and uh, we'll, we'll keep this one brief because we're running short on time. Uh, someone on Twitter. Said that the NFL season should go to eighty-two games. Are you out of your mind? I want to go. This ain't gonna take me long. <laughs> no, thirty. You're out of your mind. No, you are Just out of your mind. No, it's never gonna happen. Uh, It's the, the the memes of the barbecue and the gifts of all the the meat falling off the bone of the barbecue were probably the fav- My favorite part of seeing that. Out of your mind. Eighty-two games. No, you're wrong. Stop. Done. On to the next one. Let's keep it light. Let's talk about training camp. So I don't know about you and, and your training camp, but my Jaguars have been all sunshine, unicorns and rainbows. And every, it's been fun to watch. It's nice to watch a coach who actually knows what he's doing. And it's an actual coach, coach a team in an off season. It's fun to watch. And it was even better to watch all of the Jaguars players. Absolutely drag urban Meyer in press conferences a few days ago. It's just, beautiful to watch. But camp's been interesting this year, man. I, I'm watching some players. I'm watching some highlights. And it, it's looking good. It's gonna be a really it's always competitive. That goes without saying this offseason just I don't know it feels different this offseason. I don't know what it is. But I, I what tell what's been going on with training camp for you.
1: From my end with my Seahawks, um they just talked – like today was the first day that they went full pads. Uh DK just signed his contract extension for about three years. Couple mil, couple mil, make him in the top ten, I think top ten of receivers And as far as money as far as money goes. Uh defensive tackle Puna Ford did not perform today. That DK did get in the scuffle with um edge rusher Daryl Taylor. So that happened, nothing too serious. Pete Carroll also tested positive but uh, over the weekend. So he's out for a few days. Carl Smith, uh defensive coordinator. Um associate head coach took over so that happened he's also uh, like uh that's been happening we've been seeing a lot of movement as far as offense line switching a bunch of people over today Audi burns and i want to say third round, and i'm gonna say third round draft pick uh kobe white uh, kobe bryant out of cincinnati has been very impressive in training camp so far so i'm happy i'm i'm very happy to see that uh he's made a lot of plays defense i've been hearing a lot of good things about the defense how they've been looking like looking stout and stuff so p Carroll's getting it exactly what it wants but you know as far as um quarterback go dog i already told you where my whole what my whole mindset is I, I love my seahawks but i, I already know what the heck we are so tank for bryce young or or, or cj stroud so <laughs> we'll defense see if it's gonna be fine we're gonna compete but
0: you know, I already know what it is. Yeah, I mean, ETN's been the player that we all thought he was going to be. He's been lighting it up all over the field. It's really fun to watch. Defense looks great. I am prepared to eat my words when it comes to Trayvon Walker. He's been a standout in camp, and I'm I'm excited.
1: And well, you, well, the whole world got a chance to see um, see what um, Trayvon Walker can do this Thursday. Yes, sir. They
0: do two more days. Two more days until as of recording, two more days. This Thursday, Trayvon Walker and the Jaguars are taking the field against Oakland. For the Hall of Fame game, it means nothing.
1: But, but I'll no, be it's always good to see
0: football. It's so much good. To see, it, it's so much fun to see football, man. Trevor uh, Trevor Lawrence is already not going to play. There's a couple of the guys who aren't going to play, so there's some starters that are sitting. Which I mean, what did you expect?
1: Uh, I'm hoping that we could at least see a little bit of Derek Carr and Devonte Adams. That's one thing I'm really hoping for. Uh, I want to see. I, I just want to see. Give me one series of that. I want to see. I want to see a little bit of that. That's just
0: me. Yeah. I think it's what it's going to be. It's just going to be one drive, and you know. But I'll certainly be watching. I know you will too.
1: A couple other news, real quick. Uh, well, since we were on training camp, uh, Steelers rookie George Pickens—he's been making a lot of plays via social media. Even wide receiver Chase Claypool—he already predicted him to be rookie of the year. So a lot of good news on that. Um, I've been seeing a lot of like tackles and edge rusher battles lately. Yesterday, I saw uh, Rashad uh, like the LA Chargers right tackle rashad gary going against new chargers my favorite my favorite edge rushing in the fail khalil Mack. they went up against each other slater got bull rush but he held his own for a bit against the mac man and just about a few hours ago i just saw with detroit's where uh former number seven overall pick panay sewell went up against this year this past draft's number two overall pick aiden hutchinson and Sewell had him and sewell had him on clamps, but you know you know this whole saying iron sharpens iron. So yeah,
0: iron sharpens iron, man sharpens man. I would love to see Hutch not be the pick of it. that sounds awful. Let me rephrase that. Mark, <laughs> I don't
1: told you before that had to happen. It had to happen. But Aiden he, Hutchison had to go to Detroit. That had to happen. I, I hear you, but that's if, a conversation. It not, if, if it did not happen, I don't think the world would have moved. <laughs> it, it it wouldn't have felt right. Like the spirits are Fail. It
0: had to happen. Well, that's a conversation for another day, but let's wrap it up, man. Um, once again, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. We really do appreciate it. Please don't forget to go uh, and rate us five stars. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Feed the algorithm gods. Keep this thing going. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Again, if you liked it, tell your friends, tell your family, mother, brother, sister, ex girlfriend, ex boyfriend, whatever. Tell them all. Gotcha. If, if you didn't like it, yeah. <laughs> If you, like it, uh, if you didn't like it, this conversation never happens. If you didn't like this conversation never happened. We appreciate your time and giving us a listen. Um, check us out on Facebook. We are on Facebook. We have our own page called Two Dudes with Sports News. That's where you can interact with us there. Again, shout out to Alex for setting that one up. Let us know what you think. Leave a comment. Talk to us. If there's anything you guys want to hear us talk about next, let us know, and we'll go at it from there. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and we'll see you next
1: time. Other family. Peace.